drive it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,894. Today, we're going to take a very nostalgic and heartwarming walk back through the histories of motor car racing with uh, Sam and John Posey. That name Posey, Sam Posey, will ring a bell to all you diehard racing fans. So buckle up. We're in for a fun ride. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Sharon, Connecticut with two incredibly special guests, John and Sam Posey. John, Sam, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you guys have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Uh, I think we are ready. Yeah. You know, it's a silly question to ask somebody like Sam, right, John? I think he was he was born uh, in gear. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think he was for sure. Now, um, I'm going to give you guys a proper introduction, and we're going to be talking about Sam's newest book. Sam seems to never slow down. He just keeps creating things and doing things. But before I do, John, let's start with you. What's one little thing that most people don't know about you? Uh, <laughs> good question. That's a good question. God, I'm blank here. Uh uh, you, you have to. Can you come back to me on that one? Oh, no. oh no, I never come back. I'm gonna keep you in the hot seat. Maybe just one little fun thing that it doesn't have to be anything major. We don't want to give up any secrets here. Okay, I'm the owner of a very valuable car. It's a uh, 1989 Saab 900. Oh, <laughs> the Saab story. The Saab story. The with an aero package. I think uh, the car is probably worth about about five grand by now. <laughs> A real collector's item. Well, Sam, you know, everybody knows so much about you, Sam, but could there be one little thing that maybe we don't know about the great Sam Posey? Well, I think the real story there has surfaced in the last few weeks. My painting. The painting doesn't get the... The painting. So you're an artist as well. Is that right? Yeah, very much so. Wow. Well, there we go. That's why I like to ask that question. I see some artwork in the background. We're on Skype today, so uh, I see some beautiful pieces of work there. John, you're lucky because I grew up with a father who was also an artist and taught me to appreciate art. So do you think, John, uh, maybe you'll take a paintbrush and turn that Saab into a BMW art car, like the one your dad drove for Calder, that was Calder painting? <laughs> I think it I think it could use some some kind of touching up, you know. Maybe I'll cover cover the rust with some. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, uh, I gave you some inspiration there, and I'm sure your dad gives you inspiration every day. Allow me to introduce you, and we're going to dive into this new book. So bear with me here. Sam Posey's racing endeavor spanned 17 seasons, 1965 to 1981, and included a famous victory in 1975 with BMW in the 12 hours of Sebring. His second career as a TV commentator began in 1974 at the Indy 500 and lasted over 40 years. Oh, I remember your voice so many times, Sam. Embracing spells with ABC, Speed Vision, and NBC. He's written three previous books, which we're going to talk about. And of course, the newest one, which is very, very cool, Sam's A Scrapbook. The Front Straight at Lime Park, his local race circuit in Connecticut, was named after him. And in 2016, he was introduced into the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America. Uh, We're going to have some fun talking today, but first a word from our valued sponsor. So you gentlemen, sit tight. We'll be right back. 
We're going to be talking about Sam's scrapbook and a little bit of history, so sit tight. One of your vehicle's interior surfaces that gets a lot of abuse is your dashboard. The sun beats down and those damaging UV rays cause massive heat cycles, resulting in color changes and sometimes cracks. My friends at Covercraft have a great solution for you and for me. Their custom-tailored dash mats protect your dash from heat buildup while providing a stylus solution. You can choose from a variety of styles and colors, including carpet, suede mat, that's the one I have for my vehicles, Carhartt limited edition velour mats, and the Ultimat for trucks and SUVs. Another great benefit of your Covercraft dash mat is that it eliminates the harsh glare the sun produces from your dash to the inside of your windshield, which can make driving a hazard. Covercraft's dash mat design center is located in Arizona, where they know about harsh sun. I've got a special deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates by a lot. But why? My usage was the same, my car's value was the same, and I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. The only change was their rate, and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options, I spoke to others, and with American Collectors Insurance is where I now have my policy. What a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my Orange Crush, and provided a reasonable quote. American Collectors Insurance now protects my special ride. I'm saving hundreds of dollars and I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine. Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, John, Sam, so let's go a little deeper into the corner. This is something that uh, your dad was very good at doing. I'd love to talk a little bit and a lot about Sam's scrapbook, The Motorsports Memories. It's published by our friends at Evro. They brought me many great guests here on Cars Yeah. But what's really cool about this is, Sam, you decided to uh, have John step in and kind of help you put this book together. So I don't even know how we begin to talk about something that is so extreme and long as your history. But why did you want to do this book? What does it mean for you? All right, here was uh, what happened step by step. I like to bullshit, and I was sitting somewhere in Florida in our house and telling stories of my racing career. And John and I suddenly said, you know, there's a book here. I would be ashamed to miss the opportunity. So that's how it started out. And then once we were doing it, John would ask me to tell a story, and I would uh, do it. And he had a unique ability of which is, as he hears the, the story being told, he writes it and edits it as he writes it. So the um, faces just came out. Uh, this over here and that over there. Mario here, you know. And uh, it was it was all because of the ability that John had, the special ability. 
and he took over and did all the writing for the book. Um, and they're my stories, but they're told the way he only he can told. You know. <laughs> there wasn't much to do because he he pretty much talks in prose, you know. So it's uh, <laughs> it's very it makes it very easy for the guy transcribing them. But yeah, we like he was saying when we were in Florida, we had some old scrapbooks down there, and uh, and as we were cleaning out his his studio, I'd, I'd found some and. Uh, you know, you just open them up and see this incredible shot and you just go, what's happening here? You know, it's like they, they had, they used to have a, uh, a segment in the New York Times. It was like, I think it was called like what they were thinking. Oh, yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They still have it, but it would be like a photo and then a little caption and somebody would interview the people in the photo. And sometimes it would just be kids like running through a script, uh, like sprinkler or something. And it'd be like, uh, oh, we've been asking my dad all day to set it up and finally, whatever. But we thought that format would be could be kind of cool. You'd see the photo, and it would kind of make you wonder what was going on, and then you'd have a little text to sort of. You know, one of the things we as as adults, we had a whole life before our children came along, and when children come along, and John, how old are you today, John? Thirty nine. Thirty nine, and you look more like twenty nine to me. So you're very like your father. Uh, your father always looked young to me throughout his life. Were there some things that? that perhaps you learned about your dad along the way from his days before you were born that you kind of went, well, how come I didn't know that? Oh, a, a ton of them. I, thanks for asking that. I, I feel like that was part of the fun of the book. It was just like, I mean, obviously most of it's about racing, but the, the racing stories lead into just what life was like, you know, and it's just, yeah, it was just, sorry, go ahead. No, no, it was just fun to, I mean, the pictures sort of suggested them, and I'd, I'd be looking through these old albums and stuff and just go, God, what was it like to be standing on the grid at Le Mans before this? Other? I mean, if it were me, I'd just be freaking out and just, but also the thrill of it and just, it was great to be able to ask, not not just what's happening here, but what was it like? What did it feel like, you right. know, in these events that you sort of, you've heard about before, but you've never really gotten to the bottom of. I would assume since this is your father, you could get a little bit more intimate with his feelings about specific events than maybe another writer would or an interviewer like myself. You know, for you, Sam, I always like to ask my guests about people who are inspirational. No doubt you're a huge inspiration to so many people. You were to me. Of course, you are to your son. When you look back at all the incredible people in your life, and I know one of them that was a great early inspiration for you, a mentor, was John Fitch. When you were driving at Lime Rock, uh, you were the youngest American at the time uh, to be at Le Mans. Was there a real inspirational person when you think back? Probably a lot, but maybe one you could pick out for us today? That would be Frank Stella, the artist. Frank Stella? Really? You surprised me. We got to know him very well. His two sons are friends of our family. He just, uh, he's a very special guy. And uh, when the uh, art car program was in full swing, I went to Munich and checked some things out, and they asked me to, to bring the model back to New York. And they, they had to build a model of, of the car about two and a half feet long, and it sat in the, the seat next to me, and we were both in first class. Yeah. Yeah. When we got there, um, it was love at first sight, if you want to put it that way. It was <laughs> paints in a way that appeals to me tremendously, and uh, the thought process behind them are just extraordinary. And he's a very nice man, you know, for all the 
genius stuff, and, and it is there. But he, uh, above all, he is just a great guy. If you didn't know who he was, you wouldn't get it from. He doesn't. He doesn't make a big deal of of it. You know. Oh yeah. Frank Stella, to me, having grown up with a father who was an artist, I mean, what a magnificent painter. I love his art. It is the kind of art that we had in our home growing up, a lot of abstract art, a lot of color and so forth. And of course, uh, he did one of the great uh, art cars for BMW as well, right? Yes, he did the one that I took the model from. And uh, I asked Susan Brundage, who was running the Castelli Gallery at the time, to... uh, ask what sort of questions he would like to ask, answer. And it's a little bit like this, uh, your interview. He, he, uh, but we, we went beyond that into a, a, a real friendship. And, 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 you know, I got to New York and asked uh, to, to, to go to the, uh, the model. And, uh, and that was my chance to meet him, you know. So, wow. As I said before, we hit it off really well. And that art car, um, the corner car, became quite the uh, celebrated car, you know, and it's going to be at Bridgehampton in in a couple of weeks. Oh, well, that's exciting. With the artwork that you're doing now, Sam, the painting you're doing, uh, is Stella an inspiration in some ways with the style of art you're painting? Not with the style, it's the thinking behind it. The thinking, ah, okay. I like that even better. Can you give us... A little bit of an example of the thinking behind your artwork? Yeah, but it's hard. We're talking about something that's pure and visual, visual and mm-hmm. yet you have to translate it into something that works for everybody. I think that the Calder car, as it's known, is a, Calder was, a, was brought to the track the morning of the race. And uh, everybody wanted it picture of him with the car, me with him with the car, just all, every combination and about 50 photographers going on. He spotted me, he came over and I was wearing my suit and uh, he put his arm around me and he said, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> that was that was Calder there, right? Yeah. Well, here, I, 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 got a, I got a Stella quote that I think might be a sort of answer to your question. I remember. Okay. Said, he said, what you see is what you get. And it was, it was a cool quote because he's, he's as intellectual as anybody, right, as, as, a, as an artist. Of course. But I thought he was saying that the thing has got to appeal to you visually, right? It's, it's, you've got to just see it and be excited before you read about the theory behind it, right? It's, it it should be like, oh, now that I've read that, now I love it. No, you, you should like it and then maybe... It deepens your appreciation when you understand maybe something about what he was doing, but you don't have to 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 enjoy it. I, I think, Dad, that's something you have shot for in your in your stuff too. You know, it's it's it should get there with the just by looking at it, right? Yeah, I believe that very much that when you are doing this kind of thing, you you get quite competitive with yourself and with artists. I have a library full of art books, and I. I memorized with these tens, 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 thousands of, of uh, pictures. 
No doubt. I like to ask my guests about a challenge. No doubt racing is challenging. Life is challenging. Uh, things that we're, you're dealing with today are challenging. But I want to go back to this book. And this is a question for both of you. When you're going back through a history that is an immense and spans so much time, if you could pick, and I'll start with you, John, and we'll come back to you, Sam. What was one of the biggest challenges of trying to put all this information together into a cohesive story in this book? Ah, well, it's funny. The actual telling of the stories was, was pretty pretty smooth. I, to, to me, it seemed like it. I, I, you just got to listen and write. Around dinner, I just ask him, okay, tell me what's going on in this photo. You know, and he'd, he'd, another great story. And, and usually, before we get to the end of one, it would sort of trigger a another one and i'd be like wait you gotta let, let me keep let me finish typing out the first one you know <laughs> yeah but i there'd be like you know three stories in every one but i i, I think the bigger challenge came when we tried to find the photos because some he would we'd start with a photo but it would lead to a story and then we'd be missing the photo and you can't really put it in the book without that you know right, so right right started searching through all these old drawers around the house and our other place in Florida. And, and he would say, oh, I know there's a shot of this. And, you know, my mom and I would be just like, <laughs> just pull it out old boxes. And, but it was, it was what you said before the start of the show that I feel like if you're sort of a hoarder, like, like I tend to be, you're always thinking, well, this, this will be important later. I'll, I'll yes. be happy to have this ticket stub from this, <laughs> yeah. this guy, you know, uh, and then later it's just like a bunch of junk in a drawer and somebody, maybe you or somebody else has to trash it, you know, but in this case, it's sort of justified all that, that hoarding, you know, it's yes. like, here we have a complete set of road and tracks, you know, that his mother saved, like going back to, you know, the, the start of the magazine, you know, and we flipped through and actually found a report on his, his win at Lime Rock after flying over from France on the Concorde. I mean, it was like, wow. It, it made the story because there we had the picture. We could run the story. And so that was a challenge, but it turned out to be a, a fun part too. You feel like, you know, you're, you're unearthing, you know, gold here that really is probably just junk. But for us, it was great. Well, of course. And, and for you, Sam, li reliving this, going back through this with your son and sharing these stories, many of which I would assume he perhaps has not heard. Uh, was there one specific challenge that stood out for you? Was it remembering the things that happened or was it when to stop talking so he could keep writing? I'll tell you the Indianapolis 500. Yep. In beginning to end, uh, something that is so difficult for a guy just coming into it, and dramatic, and qualifying, is incredible. No, I think he means like writing the, writing the book. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. In, in creating the book, yes. Nothing quite on the level of Indy. But, uh, well, yeah. no, I don't think so. <laughs> Indy, that's a, that's a challenge in and of itself. Well, I uh, think that the, the most dramatic moments uh, were quite a few, really, because I couldn't tell whether what was going to have the feeling of the piece was going to be when John had transcribed that thing. And some of them just fell together naturally, and we knew we had photographs for them, but some didn't. And John took it upon himself to dig out these photographs from people. And we had such cooperation from the great uh, John Zimmerman and Pete Lyons and you know, just a lot of great people, not to mention Roger Penske, you know, who I drove for. 
those moments along out in the track of, in, a, in a really good car for the 500. I mean, we had uh, unbelievable, everybody we, we called trying to track down certain shots just, just couldn't have been uh, more more helpful. I mean, we had people like John Dinkle, who was an editor of Road and Track, and he was like trying to remember, you know, he sent us like links to 10 different issues. And we had guys like referring us to other guys who might have the rights. And then we turned out the photographer had died. And what could we still use the shot? Even right. <laughs> Do we have permission, you know, everybody just couldn't have been, we, we, we got a critical shot at the beginning of, um, John Fitch standing and talking with was it was Pedro Rodriguez I think at Lime Rock. This was like in the '60s, late '50s, '60s maybe. And it was from a guy who's who's still racing now. He's um, what's the what's the acronym? It's Bark. It's the something automobile racing club. But these guys are just like four kids. They started in their their twenties mm-hmm. or younger, just going around to Lime Rock and other New England tracks and just shooting shooting photos. But I mean this. This photo is as good as any you could get. I mean, the composition, the quality, and everything. And they just, oh, just take the shot for free. You know, we don't we just give us a little credit at the back or something. And right. uh, he couldn't even remember which of the four of them had taken the shot. You know? But <laughs> sure. I mean, the, the archive of stuff these guys had is just uh, unbelievable. And that that really is what made the book. You know. Well, it's all those lifetime of friends. You know, Sam, you've driven so many incredible cars. I wanted to ask you this question, and this might be a bit of a challenge, but that's what that's what this is all about. If you could pick one vehicle from your incredible history of driving, is there one vehicle that maybe just, let's say, for today stands out for you as being quite special? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's the Ferrari 512M, not the M preceded the M, but the M. It just had the balance that I look for in a car. In a car with a lot of power, maybe not so much on brakes and handling. When you are driving it, your mood changes as slip seconds go by. Mm. And if you're in a car that has a certain balance to it, acceleration is sort of balanced, braking and cornering. The uh, success we had with that car was uh, third I mean, I, I can't even imagine. I got goosebumps just hearing you talk about it. That was a, a NART team car, correct? Yes, North American racing team. Yeah. I, I drove for them uh, at four Le Mans and five Le Mans. It was a wonderful part of my life. No doubt. I'm going to ask you a question, Sam, that I hope with all the people who've interviewed you, nobody's ever asked you this. It's a bit ethereal, but from an artist standpoint, I think you might like this. If you were manifest as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. This is your personality. All of this Sam scrapbook material all wrapped up into one vehicle that Sam Posey would be. What would you be and why? Well, I would be that that Ferrari 512M. It just has, and it's a beautiful car, by the way, which matters to me. The car I'm driving is beautiful and and the pictures of the car with me at the wheel are one things I cherish, you know. Mm-hmm. Very, very straightforward with that. Here comes a copy of the book. Oh, great. Sorry, I just wanted to, uh, you can you could cut this later, but uh, I, I wanted to get the name of the guys who gave us the photos. I, <laughs> they were so helpful, and I couldn't remember the name of their, their club, but uh, I can maybe give that answer again. Oh, you can, te- you can tell us now. Go ahead. 
Uh, it's the Binghamton Automobile Racing Club. Oh, Binghamton. Okay. I don't know if maybe you know of it, but uh, uh, Dave Nicholas was the guy who gave us all the help there. Oh, that's yeah. tremendous. You know, I just finished asking your dad a question that always, it kind of trips some people up, and that is if you were manifest as a vehicle. He was spot on. He didn't even have to think about it. Your dad said a Ferrari 512, that wonderful 512 that he raced for the uh, NART team. Uh I love it. And one of the things that you said, Sam, was it was important to you not only that the car handled well, but it looked great, too. And no doubt that car was sexy beast. We have here a model of the car that I mentioned. And, and the sister car is the one that we raced at Le Mans. In oh, my gosh. Okay. So you listeners... Uh, yeah, you got to use your imagination here, but this incredible Ferrari model they have, number 12, the Ferrari. Oh, my gosh. It's absolutely insane. Do you recall who built that model? Well, it's a company that does it. Uh-huh. See, maybe it'll say. It says Masterpiece Collection. Masterpiece Collection. Okay, great. Well, yeah, there you go. There's a, a history. Now, John, I got to ask you the same question, dude, but you got to come up with something a little more crazy than a sob, okay? If you were manifest as a vehicle... This isn't what you want to be. This is your personality yes. wrapped into a vehicle. What would John Posey be? But more importantly, why? This is a tough one. I I, I saw that that it was not not what you wanted. It was uh, <laughs> what others might say to you. Right. I think I'm lucky to be that soft. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say a, a Ferrari five twelve. That's a little. That's a little bit of a reach there, but. I think I would take one of our one of our Subaru wagons that we had for years. Okay, and why is that? Well, okay, again, we're, we're going with with best best side of myself here, but of course, it was it wasn't maybe it wasn't the sexiest car on the street, but uh, it was great in the snow. <laughs> very useful, yeah. Very very useful car. We I think we we put about one hundred fifty thousand miles on both of them, and. Uh, I always love those cars. Uh, I just just couldn't stay to get rid of them. But yeah, I guess we're we're still talking a little aspirational here. But yes, uh huh. Yeah, I'd, I'd take the Subaru definitely. Well, I think that makes sense because when you think back to Sam's scrapbook, this book that you guys did together, you were a great help to your father by getting you guys there, and therefore you're acting like the Subaru. That can yes. get you where you want to go with reliability, sustainability. I, I see what's going on here. This all works pretty well. The analogy there. I'm, I'm with it. Okay. My son drives a Subaru. He loves to go camping and hiking, and it's a great car to go out into the outback and enjoy. I think that's absolutely great. You know, Sam, you've written some incredible books. They all sit on my shelves. The Mudge Pot Express, Where the Rider Meets the Road, Playing with Trains. All of those sit on my library shelf. And of course, this new book titled Sam's Scrapbook, My Motorsports Memories by Sam and John Posey is going to join those in good company. Uh, I haven't got my copy yet, but I'm promised I'm going to get one soon. So I'm really looking forward to that. You know, I want to let you go, Sam. This is a question for you. I want to take you on the ultimate drive. Now, that means I have a magic scepter. That means I can do magical things. I can provide you with any vehicle in the world. I can put anybody next to you, living or deceased, and you could be driving anywhere you want to drive. What does that ultimate drive look like for you, Sam? It's an easy question to answer because I obtained, bought a Mercedes 300 SL. I was 14 years old. <laughs> no way. <laughs> 
2500 bucks. Was it. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And I gave it to John a few weeks back. So he owns it now. Whoa. And, and I think he's going to take care of it. Um, we have an idea that a car, that car, is so special in automotive history and everything that we should share it with people, not have it in the garage all the time. And uh, because in a way, it's it's a gift from the gods, if you want to put it that way. Yes. Um, we, we feel that sharing it is, a, is an important thing. Well, yeah, we got to meet this guy, Jim Glickenhouse. I don't know if you... you... He, he just uh, was at Le Mans. They came in uh, fourth and fifth for their first time out, a privateer club. Holy cow. He's been a guest on the show. Awesome job. I thought he might have been. That's why I, I mentioned him. But he... Uh, we got to interview him for, for an article a few years back for Road and Track, and we, we came to his shop in Sleepy Hollow, and the cars he has are just, I mean, every one of them is a million-dollar car. But Yes. But he drives them around Sleepy Hollow. I mean, he's like, <laughs> yeah. he's got Lime Rock in one of them, and it was like, and that, that was sort of his, his spirit. It's like, these cars are, that's what they're meant to do. They're not meant to sit in my shop like a museum, you know, piece. And, and I don't know, that's sort of, I think that, made us think, yeah, I got to get the, got to get the SL out. I mean, you, you could think like, do I really want to take it out today? I mean, the, the, the consequences of some screw up are just, just terrible. I, you know, it's like, I could save that just by leaving it in the garage, you know, but, uh, but if you do that forever, then it's just like, that's, that's sad too, you know? So. Well, I'll tell you, John, your dad, Sam has the right idea. You got to get out and enjoy that vehicle because I've had a lot of great cars, and when I sell them, I always think, why did I save that for that guy? Why didn't I enjoy it more and take friends for drives? So I think maybe you need to take your, I think yeah. you need to take your dad for a drive in that SL and uh, yeah. get it yeah. out there and exercise it. Yeah. Another thing uh, along those lines is uh, Mazda. Uh, Mazda is a, a, a bunch of people that run these things. They're very inexpensive. Uh, what do you pay? The 8500 or something for Oh, a uh, uh, Miata. Yeah. The Miata. Yeah. Oh, great car. Great fun. Have you ever had one? Or? I've driven a couple. When they first came out, a guy I worked with had one and let me drive it. I thought it was one of the funnest little inexpensive cars I ever drove. It's it's unbelievable. You could see why they just sold out the first the yeah. first run. It just it sort of looks like a nothing car, but I mean that thing around Lime Rock, it'll it'll lap at the same time just about as his his Corvette. He's got a 2003 Corvette, which is an awesome car. I, I think a really good driver could do better in the vet. It's like there's more horsepower, there's more yeah. There, but it's it's harder to control it. You know, the Mazda is just like uh, the the handling is just incredible. They are incredible, great track cars, great starter cars for people that want to go SCCA racing or or whatever. Uh, I think they're absolutely uh, brilliant little rides. You picked a wonderful car there, Sam, because the 300 SL is probably the most uh accredited car for guests i've had here who want to go on tours and rallies of old vintage cars because they're rock solid they're powerful they're enjoyable they don't drive like a car from the late 50s early 60s uh so uh you've got quite a treasure there but john get out and drive it more make your dad smile (laughs) most (laughs) most definitely you know you guys i i would love to talk to you more but what i want to ask you and i'll start with you sam if you could leave our listeners today with one parting piece of wisdom or guidance or a mantra or a success quote from the incredible history of life that you have lived, what would that be? Luck. Luck. Just that word? Yeah. I've had so many things that 
could only be, be put down to luck. Wow. This book, uh, John and I have been working on it. I can see threads running through it where luck, not necessarily recognized at the time, but uh, later on, then he realized that I, I had a, a terrific crash at Lima, and the car went through the trees and wound up upside down. And, and uh, me trapped in it. And this was an era where you had 60 gallons of fuel aboard. I could hear the fuel pumps ticking, and I was trapped in the car. I couldn't, my, my feet, my feet my, were trapped in the, around the pedals. And in the slide, and I emerged unhurt. The number of things that had to go my way were, were one after another things that happened. And uh, hitting the, the uh, berm outside the thing, having the car deflect up in just a certain angle. And when it came down upside down on my head, I was able nonetheless to squirm my way out of it. And that was a, a piece of luck. And I, 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 I mean, I had races which, um, which have fallen to me by almost accident of faith. I, I just feel that anybody who doesn't understand the functioning of luck in, in racing isn't a realist person, realistic person. Wow. Very, very uh, nicely said. And of course, John, uh, along with luck, look who you got to be born to. Uh, so there you go. What a life you've lived as well. Is there a, a, a website? Uh, Sam, that you guys have where people can go and see more of what you're doing or maybe see your artwork? Yeah, you can see the artwork. Um, I always got a show coming up if anybody's in Kent, Connecticut. What? No way. Yeah. When is this? Where? It's at the Ober Gallery, Kent, Connecticut. What's the What's the date of the show? Uh, the uh, first, uh, the last day of uh, October. Last day of October. Okay. All right. I'll invite everybody. <laughs> that would be fantastic. And do you have a website where people can go and and get their hands on the book and follow what you've done? Yeah, all you do is just Google and Sam Posey Art comes up. Sam Posey Art. One question I get asked uh, is, "What? How fast do you drive?" And the answer is, is astonishing: two hundred and forty-eight miles an hour. <laughs> oh my gosh. All, and that was at Le Mans, I'm assuming? Yeah, the Ferrari. Wow. That We always go back to the Ferrari. That is mind-boggling. I can't even imagine. Wow. It turns out that once you're past 180, it's all the same. It's just a big blur out there. So, And you're fighting the crosswinds. Yes. So you're very busy, even though it's a straightaway, because the car gets a little light at those speeds. This was... Uh, set with a car that was not a ground effect car. I, I, right at the end of my career, I uh, had my first chance to drive a ground effect car. And let me tell you, it's a different world out there. <laughs> no kidding. I can't imagine a non-ground effects car going 248 miles an hour. Holy cow, Sam. That's, that's my, I can't even imagine that. Can't even that's imagine. Smart. Pedro Rodriguez passed me. And he passed you. In a long tail Porsche, he got two fifty three. Oh, and uh, I tried. I drafted him for oh, quite a while. I don't think my car was capable of much more than one hundred thirty, uh, two thirty, uh, without a draft. Wow! But uh, 
it doesn't matter how it happened, it happened. It happened. Absolutely incredible. So, John, what is that website that we can let our listeners know? Uh, thanks. It's, uh, okay, for the art, it would be uh, obergallery.com. Is that O-B-E-R? Yes, that's it, yeah. Okay, dot com? Uh, for the book, just just go on Amazon and um, Zamposi Scrapbook. That's That's it. You know what, you guys, this has been a real, real treat. You know, listeners, you can find everything we've shared today here on uh, Sam and John Shono's page on the Cars Yeah website. I want to do a big shout out to our mutual friend, Judy Stropus. I'll tell you something, you guys, Judy loves you guys with all her heart. And she was so kind to set this up for us today. So Judy, she brings me some wonderful guests. You've got a wonderful friend, uh, Sam and John and Judy Stropus there, but I think you know that. She did about put the book together. She got us the publisher. She got us you. She She's pretty much the, the glue, but yeah. <laughs> the whole project together. So thanks to her. No two strophers, no project. I think it's a, that's yeah. a, a recommendation. Because yeah. We <laughs> hit it off right away with this idea of how the, the, the captions would work. Extended caption, really, uh, an essay in its own right, most of them. And you look first at one side of the page, and you see a car there, and you look at the other side, and you see the text, John's text. And Judy was so enthusiastic about the concept, and she's worked with so many people from Penske on down. She knows everybody. She's incredible. You guys, again, this has been a great honor to spend some time with you today. And I can't thank you enough for for being my guest. I'm so excited about this new book. Again, listeners, get your hands on a copy of uh, Sam's new book. It's absolutely brilliant. It'll take you through some incredible life that uh, Sam has provided, really shared with all of us. And I want to thank you for that, Sam. Uh, Until uh, you and I talk again, my friends, I want to thank you for your time, your expertise, and and mostly, Sam, for your inspiration throughout all these years to all of us motorsports fans. Until you guys and I talk again, I hope to see you both down the road. That's That's wonderful of you to say. Thank you so much for having us on. This is an honor to be the one thousand eight hundred and ninety fourth, and we'll call it ninety fifth too, because there are two of you here today, right? That's great. <laughs> Absolutely, Sam. Thank you so much. This has been tremendous. Oh, thank you for having me. Here at Cars, yeah, it's all about inspiration, and our charity of choice is Tech Force Foundation, where it's all about making a positive difference in young people's lives. Tech Force helps young adults discover their talents and passions for all things automotive, with a mission of helping students develop a career as a professional technician. TechForce awards nearly $2 million in scholarships every year for students to pursue technical education, and they support hands-on activities, events, and mentorships across the country, working to change the outdated perceptions of these careers. Autotechs are in high demand, but the supply of qualified technicians is critically short. They need your help to fuel their mission. Learn more and join me in supporting them at techforce.org. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team 
covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up! A fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!